Hi, this is Kevin Allison from the Risk Podcast. You are listening to Massocast, and it is for adults only. So have fun. Hi, thanks for downloading another episode, and um, let's just cut to the chase. Right to it. Let's go right to the episode. Uh, this is uh, a conversation I had recently with a gentleman by the name of J.T. Revner. Uh, he's got a uh, website by the same name. Uh, his blog, where he talks about uh, his experiences being submissive, and uh, as a reader, I- I'll read some of the stuff he talks about, and it really resonates ab- about some of my early experiences in the scene uh, here in New York. And th- there's a link on the website, massacast.com. We'll be able to uh, click on it and go to his site and, and read for yourself. But um, yeah, he emailed me after I asked for uh, people to interview, and I'm so glad he did. I really think you'll uh, enjoy the conversation here. I think you might be the first person, the first, uh, is it Michiganian? Michigander, I believe. Mich- Michigander. Yes. You're the first Michigander uh, we've had on the show, at least while in Michigan. Interesting. I could be, could be wrong, but you're in, you're in Detroit. Yep. Now, let's just get this out of the way. Is it, is it really as bad in Detroit as it seems from people who read the news? The, well, we just had our former mayor go to jail for 30 years for corruption and fraud. Right. <laughs> no, the the right downtown is uh, kind of this budding, like, hipster, artsy community now, which is really cool. A lot of young people, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's a college th- uh, downtown there, um, and, like, the sports arenas have all been kind of coalesced right there in downtown. But once you get outside of the downtown area, it is still very dangerous. I don't have any want or need to be in down in the city proper unless right. I absolutely have to. So you're, you're, in, you're in college there. Uh, yes, not in Detroit, but yes, area. Yeah. Right, and you, uh, uh, you're you're uh, involved, I guess you could say, in the local scene. Is that is that a good? Yes, I'm right. uh, like I'm on a membership committee for one of them. I work the door for our is parties. That, is that sort of the? Uh, I mean, that's a great way to meet people, especially if you're new to the scene. Um, was that your intention? Well, just to, or are you just like uh, you're just community driven young lad? I, you know what? A year ago. I would have, I would have had, I would say, crippling social anxiety. And my New Year's resolution for 2013 was to go do something so outside of my box that forcing me into something that was just completely. And uh, there was a rope bondage event on like the first week of January, and I showed up there, did not know anybody, had never been to a kink thing anyway. I had been on FetLife for all of a week or so, yeah. and this is like shady, kind of shady motel looking area. Uh, it's dark, and I just like, hey, I'm new. I have no idea what's going on, and uh, I just fell into it. And everyone was really welcoming. And from there, I got introduced to some of the other events and community, uh, different organizations going on. And and here we are, a year later. So, so you, you know, that that is a huge, huge step. Uh, I think everyone remembers their very first event they went to, or yes. their first, uh, uh, because it's vi- it's just absolutely. Mind-boggling. I'm glad that you didn't make the same mistake I did, which was I walked in, I didn't see any seemingly dominant women that I was attracted to, and just left right away. Um, I should say that was my first like uh, official event, right? Yep. Like a class presentation type of thing, uh, which was a horrible thing to do. Absolutely horrible <laughs> thing to do. I, and I did this several yeah. times. It was just so just stupid, right? Because the whole the whole thing is if you meet people, that's the that's the key, right? Right. But. Um, so, so you obviously knew you were kinky going into this, right? I mean, you, you didn't just, just stumble upon it and say, oh, I'm curious no, about it. Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Um, I have extremely limited dating experience anyway. I am a virgin, even now a year later in the kink scene. Um, so this is not, there was no bedroom stuff with previous partners. There was nothing. Um, honestly, I've been watching BDSM porn and that I... I knew it was a fantasy. I wasn't like, oh my god, I gotta go play this out. Like I knew it was a fantasy. I I was aware that this existed uh, in reality, and I kind of wanted to see what it what it actually was like. Um, right. So I tried to push away any pop culture misconceptions on what it was, um, and and uh, keep my eyes and ears open and see what it was. So, uh, how old are you? I am twenty three. Okay, well that's not like out of the norm being right. a virgin at twenty three, right? Right. I mean that's. It's uh, it's interesting because it's actually I feel like it's a it's a positive trait now. I wouldn't have said really? that before, but now I think there's a certain uh, amount of 
wanting to corrupt my innocence. And I've had several people like, "Oh, you're oh, you're a virgin. Ooh, what are you doing tonight?" Well, you know. So there, there's so there's there there is a um, it's sort of a double edged sword, right? So you, on one hand, you, you I'm sure there are people who want to corrupt you, and on the other hand, there are probably people that are like, "Look, that's a lot of pressure. I don't want to be someone's first type of thing, right?" Right. Um, no one said that specifically to me, but I suspect that people are nice too. And if that was the case, I probably wouldn't hear about it. Sure. Um, but so is this, is, uh, now I remember being a virgin and I lost when I was uh, 18 and it was such a, for me at the time, it was such a huge burden that I just couldn't. And I went to it. I was in a, you know, grew up in a very, 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 very small town. So Mm -hmm. it was not like my options were quite limited to begin with, but. Um, it was such a huge pressure uh, because all my buddies were losing theirs, and then it was just like, oh god damn it, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, do you feel the same way, or is it because it, there's the kink aspect? Is uh, I mean, because you can be the nice thing about BDSM is you can be sexual without having sex, right? Right. And uh, don't get me wrong, I want to have sex. It's not like an ethical or a religious or anything. No, I want to have sex. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just, I mean, certainly, like when I like in high school and stuff, it was never. And it's interesting because I was always this uh, in this kind of mid place because I played football, so I was mm-hmm. always with the football, but I was never quite in there. Uh, and then I wanted to go play D and D and magic with the uh, with the nerds, but I'm a football player, and so I was a little off. So I was kind of in this. I had a lot of friends, but I wasn't really in a specific group, right? Uh, kind of thing. And then in uh, I joined a fraternity in college, and I'm, or I'm, I'm still in it, obviously. Um, in the same, but that kind of, kind of bro dude atmosphere just wasn't really my thing. And I got really tired of that pretty quickly. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, uh, and, and then, uh, this, I don't know, maybe this will come up, but, and then I had a, a kind of a traumatic life event and, uh, and then I just kind of stepped away from like everything for two years. I got addicted to video games, um, you know, I still That's go to school a, and stuff, but I mean, the especially for I mean, I know I actually know quite a few people who, uh, when they've had a traumatic event in their lives, they found an escape in in something, and uh, you know, for some people it's you know some some people it's alcohol, other people it's you know being a hermit and playing video games. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if it uh, you know if it did the trick, you know, if it you know let you get, gain your bearings or something like that. But yeah, I'm um, really glad that I've never done drugs or got like, cause I have a, cause I do still feel like I have like an addictive, like if I get into something, it can, uh, it can snowball out of control. Sure. If I'm not paying attention. So I'm really glad I never got into, uh, into drugs or, or alcohol to that level. So do you, do you find, uh, do you, do you tell people like when you're, when you're, uh, chatting with them online or, or meeting someone, do you let it known that you're a virgin or do you, it, I, I'm still trying to figure out where the best place to put that is. It's not like in my profile, it's not in my personal ads. Um, it, if it's someone that I'm going to talk that I've start talking to for a pretty uh, decent amount of time, then it'll come up pretty quickly. Right. Um, just kind of, because it is, it's, I feel like that's, important enough that that it could be a deal breaker for some people um and for other people it might make them that much crazier about me so (laughs) because your first you're right that's true your first time is rarely you know it's it's impossible to knock it out of the park the first time but not impossible i take that back uh you might because i was 18 uh maybe that was the case but uh but uh you know you want to set expectations right and uh, and that's and and uh, on one hand, I suppose if you're if you're in a kinky situation, that actually might be a huge boon to the you know. Right. Well, especially if it's with a dominant woman, you know, as a submissive, that I don't I don't have the pressure of feeling like I have to perform to that level because they know and they're the active you know the active partner, or I assume that's kind of how it's going to play out eventually. Maybe not active, but they'll, they'll be hopefully the initiator. Right. 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 I mean that's that's the thing is that and, and it's that's the tricky thing about uh, being a submissive guy is that um, you you're still the one who's doing the pursuing in many aspects right right 
but at the same time, you can't be the initiator. Well, I should say you could be the initiator, but it's sort of in some situations looked down upon, right? Right. Um, uh, you have to really get be comfortable with the person, and they, you have to know that they enjoy it when you initiate as well. Other, you know, but that that comes way down the road, right? Right. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, th- there is a benefit to that, but at the same time. It's really tricky because you don't, even though you're not going to be the initiator, you still have to be the pursuer usually. Right. Right? And there's still like, I have never successfully asked someone out on a date and all yeah. my relationships have been them making that first move. And I've made a lot of first moves where it just didn't happen or whatever. Right. I've done that. So I, there's still that sort of high schoolish, uh, you know, fear of rejection. And I mean, I assume a lot of people don't, don't ever get completely over fear of right no 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 yeah no absolutely i uh all the relationships i I like to be friends first you know so i get to that like hey let's we're chatting and then um like i haven't found a whole lot of like on a dating site and be like hey i'm think you're awesome and and whatever and let's go on a date like within a week no i get talking to someone and then hey i'm interested in you if you ever feel the same way you know let me know, well, kind of thing. I, also, like just coffee, right? right? There's no pressure in coffee, right? And that we that you're you're technically asking them out, but you're not actually saying, "Hey, let's go on a date." So you can say, "Hey, let's meet up for coffee," and then you know, yeah, kind of leave it in their hands, type of thing after that. Yep. Um, so, so uh, no, you've got a blog, and I've I've read some of it, and, and it sounds so much, some of it, so much of it sounds so familiar from when I was dating as well. Everything from uh, potential scams on on God. kinky websites, right? Yeah. Color me. Um, or, oh. Do you like what? What are the latest? I mean, you posted about one on your, like I yeah. said, on your blog. We'll have a we'll have a link to your blog on on the website. In my experience, a lot of it was like, oh, hey, uh, are you interested? And it was either a guy posing as a girl, or it was someone saying, oh, I'd really like to, you know, I really want to meet you, you know, but I need to know that you're sincere. So give me two hundred dollars to so that to prove your submission type of thing. Is that still going on? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I and honestly, and I might not, and I might be hiding some profiles that could potentially be. But if anyone has anything about tribute or a wish list or uh, tri, you know tribute of any kind, um, PayPal, whatever, I just hide that profile. And I understand right. that there are probably legitimate people that are either pros or they're um, or they're are into financial dominations and whatever and aren't aren't fakes but for me that's it's not something that i'm i don't know not willing to well then, you're right right but there's a difference between someone having like a wish list and um saying hey you can buy me gifts at whatever as a uh, as opposed to that being the key to entry right right yeah i guess that's uh, right and because i mean i know i know a lot of people who have wish lists just because in both pro and non, because for, there are some guys who really get off on, you know, doing that. Right? Yeah. So what have your experiences in the scene been so far? Uh, overall, really positive. Um, I've made a lot of good friends. Um, I've been, uh, this semester has been crazy. So I haven't been going to stuff, uh, a whole lot of stuff, but I at least get to the play parties every month and then we have classes and whatnot. <clears throat> Um, I enjoy it a lot. Um, I think there's maybe in any closed circle, social circle, there's more drama than I like. I, I just absolutely despise conflict. Right. Um, but you're going to get that right right? anywhere. I know. It's just, uh, the key is to be outside of the conflict. And that's what I, I mean, that's what I try to do. And then, but then if I try to volunteer or help out, then it, I'm sort of pulled into it sometimes. Right. Where it's like not even it's not even my thing and it has nothing to do with me, but because I'm there and because I'm part of the conversation, then all of a sudden it has to, you know I'm involved now, unfortunately. But right, but I mean that's that goes in ways. But for I mean, but ninety percent of the time, it's absolutely wonderful, uh, great, great people, great friends, um, you know, extremely welcoming. And this is really a you know the kind of group I just feel like I can be me. I can. <laughs> Be me, a hundred percent of me, and not have to put on a face or a mask to uh, to kind of navigate the world uh, right. when I'm in kink in this scene. It sounds like it sounds like uh, from reading your blog, you've had some like quote unquote virtual relationships. Is that right? Uh, yeah. The so like so the two most recent ones. Those were those were both with people where I was like, absolutely, I'm into you, but this is not 
because I, I don't do online only. If that's someone's thing, then I don't do it. Uh, these right. were like, let's see if this goes somewhere. Meet in person, and if you're, you know, if you're that still amazing in person, and we click in person, then then we can look forward from there. So, you know, when I, especially because I work for myself, and I'm going to graduate in a year, so I'll be uh, relocatable. Quite frankly, I would very much rather live in where you in New York City or LA or anything <laughs> right. anyway uh, than Michigan. But so yeah, like the the first one uh, got talked to that that was the when was that back in June, April, May, May, something somewhere in there, and uh, just absolutely amazing. We were I think the first night we talked for like five hours, second night we talked for eleven hours on Skype or something. Wow. Um, and then the Fourth of July, I drove down, uh, drove down to see her, you know, several several hours away, and uh, just didn't click in person like we did. So, so I mean, so wait, so you you met her? Yes. And no, I've I've been here. I've been here. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's amazing how far we'll go, right? And, and so in my case, and you don't have to comment on yours, but in, in my case, um, the, I was lucky that the very first person I met online for the very very my very first experience, she was who she said she was, even though. Her relationship status was maybe a little questionable, um, uh, but there were several people who I met who e- either they were uh, they had lied about some aspect of their life. Oh. Either either they used someone else's photo, or perhaps they used a photo that was twenty years old, or uh, or maybe they you know they were completely. You know, in one case, it was someone who had lied about her entire life situation. She was actually uh, a married, um, stay-at-home mom who was just bored and um, was living this second fantasy life, right? Um, yeah, that's... And she had... Okay. Go ahead, sorry. No, okay, no, I'm sorry. No, no, I was, I was just saying that... So she had concocted this second... This persona that she was very attracted to. And, and I can understand why, right? Because right. she was very... She was, her day-to-day life was fairly uneventful, right? Her kids were off to school all day and her husband was like away all the time. They, you know, hadn't probably had sex in many, many years. And so she had concocted this, this fake life for herself with, uh, you know, uh, where she lived on a farm with a, you know, dungeon in the barn and all, you know, all this stuff that was just non-existent. Right. Hmm. Um, and so when we met, you know, it was fairly clear that she had been covering up all of this stuff. Cause we could, I could just tell this person that I, was meeting in person was not the same person was not the same personality that I had been talking to. Right? But how did I don't understand that kind of like? Did she just think you just forget about it or? No, I think she thought that it was like, uh, well, uh, we're gonna have such high chemistry. We're gonna get a hotel room and because she had booked a hotel room without even telling me. So we met and um, uh, then she said, well, we're not gonna go to the farm where she had you know this big place but we're going to go to a hotel because i don't trust you there yet and it was very clear that she was covering something up right yeah it was just very sheepish or whatever um but yeah you know and it was just it was very very clear that uh that she was not who she said she was and listen i'm not you know that's just whatever that was her her thing right right um uh and there were several other people who was just it was not they were not who they claim to be right I, went, I showed up at one woman's house after driving i think it was five hours and um she was first she used someone else's photo she was much older i was probably 24 or 5 at the time i walk into her apartment and there's like five kids running around nothing wrong with five kids but whatever and she was there and she was wearing a muumuu and uh, her brother was there just playing you know he was playing video games while she was talking about DS and all the play we were going to have. And I was just, this was just very weird, very weird, you know, while their kids were just running around and I'm like, this is, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. So what happened with you? That, um, there were no, she, I mean, there was no lying or anything of that nature. It just didn't like, I think, um, I think she felt uncomfortable having invited me directly to her house. Um, I absolutely, if the if I ever, do that again. I'm going to get a hotel myself, go out for dinner, go out and actually have a date date, not just kind of show up at someone's house that you've never seen before in person. Um, I think that, uh, but just the chemistry and, and part of my, part of it too, is that all this chemistry I had online, all of a sudden my social anxiety kicked back in and I'm super, super nervous and just like, uh, I don't know what to say. Um, right. and it, and it just wasn't, 
just wasn't there, unfortunately. Right. Well, also, because again, I've been there too. I found that it was, you know, if I was very forthright in saying, look, I'm going to be super nervous, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, you're probably going to lead the conversations a little, you know, um, but still, you know, you're right. If it's not, if it's not there, it's not there. And and at the same time, I can also understand the eagerness and why you would think. Well, of course, we're going to stay at her place, right? Right. You, what you wouldn't, you're not thinking with your brain, right? Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Especially, no, I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to get laid finally. <laughs> right. Right. So the uh, you know one of the one of the uh, amazing things too is that uh, hopefully. Because you are, it sounds like while you're while you're very eager, it doesn't sound like you're like in such a desperate rush that you're willing to put aside common sense oh, entirely. Absolutely. No, no, no. I mean, there was there was a thing. My <laughs> when I was my when my twenty first birthday was coming up, I was gonna I was gonna go to Vegas and and pay for it. That was my and that I was like that's dumb. Eventually, right. and uh, didn't. But no. But now. But yeah, I'm not. It's still an emotional thing. I'm not willing to just go home with someone. For my first time at this point, you know, three, three, so, four years ago, sure, but not now. So I'm curious about. I have, you know, I've got, a, I have a friend who was in his, I want to say, mid 40s, and he ended up paying for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he went to, uh, you know, a high class place or whatever, and yep. you know, got it taken care of. Um, um, and I guess in in those situations, as long as again for me it would be, it would be very my big and most important thing is I would want to make sure that I'm find, I'm I'm finding a service provider who is uh, I don't know how you say it. this is this is they really really want to be doing it because it's their yeah exactly then that's yes. not like right yeah that that um, comes up all yeah I have zero so, problem with sex workers I have a problem with some aspects of the sex industry especially when it comes to coercion and all that but those sure. are completely separate things and that's the that's always the, the battle right so so uh, so what made you decide not to do it money <laughs> I think. yeah i was just or i kept or i kept convincing myself oh no you know it'll happen I, i'm glad i'm glad i didn't though at this point i'm, I'm happy Why is that? I'm, because i i wanted to be with someone that i have an emotional i mean i'm really about emotional connection and i want to wait for that right person i guess right not you know i'm not waiting to get married or anything but i i don't want to just i don't want at this point i don't want to do it just to get it out of the way i don't want to it's i don't know so um what about your other experiences uh i mean you're on color me uh yes um i i I know that because you you post about it yeah i just Um, said that i don't i haven't had really any successful thing on color me I, i mean actually so the so the one in summer and then the most uh, most recent one uh, was both people on Twitter or people had read my blog already. So they knew me through my blog. Um, so that's sort of a, a winning thing for me right now is my blog. <laughs> because you're honest about it. Right. right. And so and there's a lot of stuff that I might not I might not make a good impression in person because, you know, I'm still pretty shy and all that. But if someone reads my blog first and I'm really open on it um, and I don't really hold back that much that they can really see who I am as a person. I think uh, a blog is uh, writing a blog where you're, where you're honest is one of the most important things that uh, a submissive guy can do, or maybe even dominant. I don't know. Just because, um, because when people can see, Oh, you know, especially when you're meeting the person, when you meet the person for the first time and they've read your blog, it actually helps because they they know more about you than that awkward person you're putting in front of them. When I say you, I mean me, right? When I was, yeah. you know, that's the um, same. That's the same for me, right? So they can say, "Oh, okay, I know." This, I know this guy wasn't copying and pasting from someone else's blog, you know. Um, and also, you, I, I find, you know, writing about something helps you process it more too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So what what happens? So do you get? I'm just making a prediction here. Do you get like email emails from women saying, "Oh, if I live closer, I would totally do X, Y, and Z, or something like that"? Um, I've gotten not not a ton. I've gotten a couple that were like, "Just hey, I like your blog." Um, I, I've had someone say, "I'm too old for you, but I like your blog." <laughs> right. Um, the two other ones, you know, the, the two you know online things that I had were. Uh, 
both people that I had already engaged with both on my blog, but through it met like originally through Twitter and some right. tweeting back and forth and, and, uh, and then that turned into Skype and that turned into Skype with cam. And, and then <laughs> the, the, uh, the slow progression of online relationships. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, we added camera today. It's a big step in our, yes. It's a big <laughs> step in our relationship. No, but it, that's, the, that's the age we live in, right? Right. So, what is your? I mean, it's it, you make it sound like your goal is to once you graduate to move to a bigger town. Yeah, uh, is is your main goal because uh, the kink scene would be there'd be more more opportunities, or is your main goal just because you know Detroit just doesn't have other things uh, that are for you? Well, oh, the one thing like career wise, I work in the I make video games, or I make uh, I right now I make iPhone and Android games, but I'd like to work right. in uh, in so that would be L.A. However, I much prefer New York City. I have an uncle that lives lives out there with you, or with no, with you, me. We with want you. to stress that yes. he didn't, lives in the same town as me. Correct. Um, right. So I, you know, I, I go there every once in a while, and I I I'd love to li- live in New York City. Um, career wise, it probably makes more sense to be on the West Coast. Right. Um, we'll see. But yes, uh, the, there is a certain level and be like, a certain level of me that's just like. Well, here's the th- here's the thing too. I don't think I think I know, and this is being active in the scene within within a, a a fairly narrow age range. Let's say for like standard vanilla dating, I think I know maybe one single dominant woman that's in my age range. Now, I'm I mean the the women that I've dated this year have all been in their 30s. You know, I'm a 23, right. so that's not so age isn't so much. But when I'm looking specifically around my age range. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> or, right. well, or it's the, or it's the Prince, you know, or it's pay, you know, pop-up doms. Right. So, and I would, I would definitely not discount, uh, if, if I was in your shoes, uh, I would actually be aiming for a dom in her thirties or forties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You just say that though, because it's hard for me to get into a relationship if I don't see the potential for long-term actually, which probably makes it more difficult. Well, that's, Oh, that's a huge thing. Cause I actually get a ton of, a ton of uh, people that just want like a plaything on the side. Um, um, especially from older women. And it's like, I'll play with you, but I don't want to get into a DS relationship. That's, you know, sans romance, sans sex, um, and all that. And it's, no, I can understand your frustration. I mean, I, here's the thing. I think if you were to entertain the idea of doing that, even though it goes against – and I'm not saying definitely go against something that's what feels natural, right? But I'm saying if there's a part of you – and I know there's a part of you – if there's a part of you that can somehow uh, look at it maybe for an academic perspective, right, and look at it sort of as a, hey, look, uh, I need experience and I hope you – know, and I'm not trying to – someone might be saying, oh, I'm – giving you bad advice don't go against what you're you know but if something feels like oh you know what this might be an interesting experience you know maybe do a little a scene as long as you you know talk about it ahead of time so you know okay what will or will not be happening right uh so maybe it's baby steps well and i, I play with women all the time i just don't just not ds really oh, okay but i mean i go to play parties and i play you know um but all the physical stuff, whereas it, well, my, so my kink is really, and I keep thinking to write a blog post about this, um, is like separated in two things. There's the DS, which is like my primary thing. And then there's everything else, which is using myself as a guinea pig and for science and let's experience everything, which is in that's I'm, I'm actually kind of switchy in that regards too. I don't have a lot. I have very little experience doing any kind of topping, but that whole I just want to experience like everything that kink has to offer. It doesn't even have, not about sex or anything. It's just like, where are limits? Let's the psychology of, you know, fear play, all those right. kind of things. Um, so it's like this. So I, when I'm looking for one of, well, if I'm looking for a DS, then I think a lot of those other people are like, well, that's what he's looking for. And so I don't, you know, I'm not going to play with him yeah. or he doesn't. Want, and I think I, I feel like I remember you saying something about that too, at some, one of the previous podcasts. Yeah, no, that, that, for me, that was a, because people knew I was really into DS, uh, and because they also knew I was really desperate, 
they were worried about doing like little just casual play with me because they were worried that I was going to get all puppy dog, right? Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I started, you know, basically I, I kind of just stopped talking about that, you know. Um, I just basically just left myself open for casual play and basically just sought out casual play. Um, and sometimes there were aspects of DS within, you know, within the actual scene right. and not outside of it. And uh, it was really interesting because I found within a very short period of time, I was playing a lot more. Um, and, you know, I was sort of like a, I became a real male slut, I guess you could say, right? Yeah. Um, I was just, it was, it was, it was, it, I went from zero to 900, you know, uh, just because I no longer put that vibe out of uh, being needy for the DS aspect. Um, and I think it's because a lot of female dominants have had uh, bad experiences with uh, guys either becoming obsessive. And you can understand why someone can easily become obsessed when it comes to something like DS and control like that, right? Absolutely. Even if it's only within the context of a scene that it, it can expand upon it. So the, so you can understand why there would be uh, a lot of female dominants who would be, um, and male dominants too, who would be very apprehensive about some types of play or playing with someone who has that has that potential, right? Yes. Um, whereas when I started being like, hey, man, whatever – you know that it came uh, and it was boom and let's go and well yeah but it was it was very um obviously I still craved it but I just stopped putting that out there right gotcha uh you make uh iPhone and Android apps yes have you considered uh having a kink related game or something like that the biggest problem is that both Google Play and the Apple uh the uh, App Store for Apple do not allow sexually explicit con- content. Yeah, you can you could do something that's sort of on the edge, couldn't you? Like, I yeah. mean, I'm trying to think of an example. I actually had started working on a thing, a app for Android that could be used to track uh, chastity and orgasm denial play, <laughs> which would be really. In, but you can do that without having, without actually saying what it is, and it's just a bunch of timers and a bunch of icons. Sure. Uh, so I, with, when I have more time, I might uh, jump back into that. You'd have to re- release it as a, as a fake name, though, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just called it denied. That's that was sort of my working <laughs> title. <laughs> That's actually a great idea. So, and, and ha- have the uh, you could you could even probably uh, do a Kickstarter campaign. Well, it wouldn't be Kickstarter, <laughs> but some sort of Bluetooth locking device where uh, someone could control it remotely right so that if the if if the right code came through that your the device would unlock once the person had some you know let's say if there's, there's a key holder or an app holder yeah. and then there's the other person with the app who's got the device on and then this is i don't we shouldn't be talking about this someone's going to steal this idea it's brilliant <laughs> um it's been talked about i've actually because i was looking and people have already oh, talked hell. about blue tip i haven't actually seen anyone do it my first original idea and it's not First, originally, so this so is a good the idea, though. The idea being that the key holder, you know, has some sort of encrypted code that if they enter it, uh, you know, you you are in the receiving end and you get, you know, and it gets unlocked for, you know, whatever. Yeah, That's cool. actually, you know, and I, it, the technology absolutely exists to do that. You, like even like long distance, as long as you know, you can connect that from uh, long distance couples could do that. Is there uh, a Bluetooth absolutely. lock? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Probably. There's got to be something, right? There's got to. Absolutely, it's possible. Whether or not I have the time or money, <laughs> the the Bluetooth doing the Bluetooth stuff, I have zero experience uh, with that kind of thing. So that would be a, an incredible amount of learning for me. That wow, I'm surprised. I'm surprised someone hasn't already come up with something like that, though. I've Maybe seen some really expensive, like full belt things that are like several thousand dollars, and that do some kind of, that kind of like controlled via software. I've seen those like they're like a. There's like a safe you could you can remove the app part, but you have a safe that's controlled via the internet right. with the key in it. I've seen that kind of stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, that's right. I think I have heard about that. Yeah, I saw I saw a presentation someone gave once of a guy who was completely um, his entire house had been <clears throat> his entire house was basically one big 
uh, kink cage and people online could control different aspects of it. So he'd sit at his desk and when he sat at his desk, uh, there'd be a lock that kept him in place. Right. And it, it was up to his dom or someone to unlock it when he needed to use the restroom or, uh, same thing with chastity. I mean, all these different things. He had the whole thing wired. There were cameras everywhere. So there's no way he couldn't be not seen. And people online could, could go online and see I, mean, I don't know if he's still alive or if he's doing this is probably 10 years ago, <clears throat> but, um, Really fascinating stuff, and like talk about really getting engrossed in your kink. It was yeah, that's because he works from extreme. home, right? And so yeah. he was always always home. And it was really I remember just thinking because there was not a single time when he couldn't be watched and controlled, right? And part of that's hot, and part of that's scary as crap. Yeah, especially random people. On the right, internet. right. Um, you said we, we were talking uh, uh, before the interview that you had a, you have a masculinity class. In college, yes, which is odd. I didn't even know that such a thing existed. I've heard like you know female studies, but I've never heard of a masculinity class. It is it is listed as so it's because uh, I'm double majoring and one of my majors is women and gender studies, and that is one of the uh, it's cross listed there also with criminal justice because we're all bad people, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's just looking at how how men are enculturated in our society. And you said you did it. You did a a presentation on male submission. Um, it was on BDSM in general, um, but mostly looking at dominant and submissive men and comparing and contrasting and how that, how growing up in contemporary Western culture has affected, uh, you know, the exploration of kink or getting into like, how does that work? Cause I, I think that a lot of people that are like, well, I'm naturally submissive or I'm naturally dominant, but they don't look at why. Cause there has to be, there's not, it's not like you are just born dominant. There's something in how you were raised or the culture that you grew up in that has put, you know, pushed that to the forefront. Well, see, I don't know. That, um, because I've heard, I've heard people who have uh, expressed their kinkiness and said that they know why. And then um, there are plenty of people, myself included, where I, I don't have anything. And I've told my story to many, many people. <clears throat> and there isn't one thing, you know, I didn't have like an odd relationship with my, I mean, there was nothing, there was nothing hmm. out of the ordinary about it. Right. And, and from a very, very, very early age, I had fantasies about Wonder Woman tying me up without even knowing why. Right. Hmm. I think, I think for some people it may be, you know, you're born. I mean, it might be, it, it might be, they may find someday that, oh, this is, this is an orientation to some people, right? Yeah. And some, sometimes it might be conditioned and sometimes it might be natural, right? And I, we don't know the answer, right? We don't right. know the answer for sure. Well, that's but, the whole thing in social sciences is that you can just debate it to death and you can't really ever come up with anything. And biology right. certainly doesn't have the answer yet. So they, tried, this, they tried the big experiment in trading places with Eddie Murphy and they still didn't <laughs> – they couldn't answer it. Mortimer. So, uh, so your 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 presentation. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But your presentation was about submission and dominance, and how how did, how, 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 was that, how was that received by the class? Um, we were the last presentation on the last day of class, so I think there was a certain amount of let's get out of here. <laughs> um, but I think it was. I, I certainly think we had the most interesting one because um, pretty much every all the other ones were looking at. Either LGBT people, trans men, um, specifically gay men, um, men in pink collar jobs like nursing. Um, but that was like stuff that we had been talking about. We never talked about BDSM in the context of the class at all. So I think that made it more interesting to people. Did have a, 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 a kinkster that I did not know was a kinkster come up and shake my hand at that and was like, thank you for doing this. It was, uh, you know, I've sit through these every once in a while in a class and I'm always shaking my head at the end. So thank right. you for showing this in positive light. So did you, did you kind of out yourself? Yes. You did. And what was the reaction? I mean, did they no. say, geez, wrong. Oh, I can't remember. Or not. It didn't, there was no negative, nothing negative at all. Um, there was just some people that were, it was more like, huh, that's interesting. Why, People, people were less interested in me being a submissive more than they were just interested in BDSM in general. And those were more of the questions, um, which which I was trying to – it was hard because you have to do in, – in a presentation like that, you have to do an introduction to BDSM 
first. Right. So that takes up like the first half of the presentation, which is like, okay, this is what dominant means. This is what submissive, this a top and a bottom are not the same as a dominant, you know, um, going through that first and then trying to get into the, the gender stuff and the culture stuff. Um, I don't think got hit on as much as what I was hoping to get out of it. That's extremely brave though, to kind of out yourself in front of your classmates like that. I, you know, honestly, part of it is I'm, I was really hoping that there's like a closet Dom. I was like, thinking that I was yes. thinking that, that I would, that if I were you at that time, I'd be watching the woman I've got a crush on just to see if her eyebrows raise or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Didn't happen. Uh, no, oh, no. but Damn. there's a certain amount. Of, um, I mean, I, I'll be honest cause I really like getting all the positive female attention in the women in gender studies study room. That's like specifically set aside for that. Right. And I'm the only guy in that program. Um, so I get, and, and most of them know and actually have met a, uh, someone who was, used to be a pro that, uh, wasn't in that class with me, but is in the program. Um, and someone else that's potentially interested in rope bottoming since rope is the one thing that I enjoy toppy toppiness with. Oh, wow. So how did that come about in the conversation? Cause it's, it, if, uh, I, I'll be honest, if I took a, a women and gender study class when I was in college, it would be. So that I could be around as many women as possible. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't specifically why. I'm no, I'm saying I, I'm the I'm the asshole. I'm not saying you. Craig. Yeah. Um, no, but but I I'm not against it either. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, and certainly in that kind of in those kind of classes, there tends to be a higher percentage of vanilla dominant women, at least too. What do you mean by vanilla dominant women? Um, Aggressive, but not. I don't. I don't want to say aggressive, but uh, there's a certain stereotype associated with feminists that is at least par- partially true. I don't mean like man hating or anything, not at all. all right. But independent, the just say with the, I don't know. Yeah, outspoken, no, I, I all those things. Yeah. No, no it's, it's it, there. Are, you're right. There are certain, but they're not. You're right. They're not all going to be like that. But there's there's a reason why the stereotype exists, right? Yes. Right. Um, so, so you're out to them as well? Yes. And how did, how did that come out that you were out? Was it because of the class or? Uh, part of it, yeah. Um, so one, I was going to do a, I don't know, it just, it just sort of comes up. Um, and people feel really, people in general feel really comfortable because I'm very empathetic and people get really comfortable talking to me really fast. So you get into those kind of conversations. Sure. More and more, and, and because oh, you're even, you're not threatening, right? I'm right. not threatening, and there's um, even today, and it was just a, a guy that a guy that I'm in class with, and we were working on a, pro- a project for a different class yesterday, and uh, it just so- sort of came up because he was asking me because he knew I was had a party on Saturday night. How did that go? Oh well, I'm, <laughs> I had an endorphin high because I got play pierced. You know, right. like I I don't care. I. Sure. He wasn't. What was he going to say? Right. And then he found that interesting and whatever. But so if if I can, if I think of a situation where it would be horrible to be a to horrible to be out, and that it would probably have to be at a frat house. I am not active. I'm not actively participating in my, in my fraternity. Just not. I mean, I'm I'm technically alumni, even though I'm still in school. Right. Um. Because I was working full time and going to and uh, uh, just taking like a class or two at a time uh, for a couple years there, so I get all the emails and stuff, and I could go out to stuff, but it's not I'm not a big part of my life whatsoever. At this point. One of the, one of the biggest problems with uh, and this is why I'm still not out to a lot of my guy friends is that um, you know they, they have they have their own perceived idea of what it is. It's not that I would give a lot of Weight to someone who takes that mentality, but just why? Why deal with it if you don't have to, right? Right. I don't like. I don't go like yelling it in the streets. But if it comes up, or or if this, you know, or if it comes up with someone who I'm potentially interested in, I sort of mm, try to sneak it in somewhere. Um, I guess I don't like. I live with my parents, and my parents know. Like, how did how did your parents find out? I outed myself before I went to anything. Before I <laughs> and what was their reaction? This okay. This was this was funny because I had not. This is before I had not been to anything, and 
and I'm I'm very independent from my parents. I live with them because it's free room and board, and that's really. Sure. Um, but the uh, I said something to my mom like, "Hey, mom, I'm you know I'm going out tonight or whatever." Oh, who who are you going out with? Oh, some people I met online, and apparently she had already been um, quite upset with something with talking to my brother. So she so she was in some fragile emotional state, which was unlike her. And started crying. It was like my, you know, my sons never want to share anything with me, and uh, and and whatever. And I was like, Mom, I'm going to a sex dungeon. <laughs> oh my god! And she did. I didn't even. I'm not even sure if she thought that I was serious at that point. But then I kind of explained to it, and she was just like, "I be, be careful." She didn't know what to say. So uh, there's, uh, was she? Do you think she was like, "Oh God, I wish I had never asked," or there, well, that's certainly now because. Because they'll know. Because I won't. Again, I don't care. Because my parents are open minded enough that I like. I'm not worried about them like kicking me out or right. or anything. You know, anything like that or like pushing me out out of the family. Um, but they know that if they ask questions, I will answer them truthfully. I'm not going to lie to them. So they've learned to ask either broad questions or just not ask at all. Yeah. I am going to a party. Okay, have fun. Drive safe. That's <laughs> how that goes. Right. And there is a sort of a TMI thing. I'm sure it's yeah. just as much as like, just as much as I don't, you know, I don't want to imagine my parents. I don't think they ever had sex. I want to think I'm <laughs> adopted. Right. Yeah. And sure. The reverse is true as well. Right. Yeah. There's actually the, the funniest thing. It wasn't even, I had gotten my nipples pierced, not, you know, like actual gotten like nipple rings, not play piercing or anything like that. Right. And, uh, and I had some wound wash in my, did you get wounded again? Um, I, I guess technically, <laughs> did, you get, did you get wounded? <laughs> uh, well, the, the first party I'd ever went to, I had got flogged and then, or the first like actual part, then not the rope thing I went to first, but the first like, uh, private party I went to, I got flogged just to like demo, not really a full scene or anything. And then someone came up and scratched my back, not really, and I just got flogged. So I started bleeding. Uh, and they, so my, and I could not, I got bandaged and when I got home, I couldn't take the bandage off cause it was right in the middle of my back and I wasn't limber enough. So I had to, I had to ask my mom, Hey, can you take this off? I don't. Wow. I would have just let it, I mean, it would have still been on today. <laughs> 10 years later, it'd be still, it'd still be there. But I suppose it, at one, on, on one hand, it's, it's nice that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. Not necessarily lie, but lie by omission by saying, oh, no, I'm just going to a book club, you know. Right. And I have friends that have to do that. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. But, but I mean, everyone's family is different. Uh, interestingly, I don't think they, they don't really understand DS or that being my primary kink. Sure. Um, and I feel like that's more taboo, actually, than S&M in general. You're probably right, yeah. Um, so I don't like... Trying to explain power exchange to people is usually way more outside the box than, hey, I like to get flogged or something. Yeah, something something physical. Because people it, see flogging. They see, you know, BDSM. They see, you know, pro, you know, pro-doms in the movies and then, you know, crime dramas. They So they, they understand. I mean, they don't really understand. But they but that's recognizable. They can fathom that, right? Whereas, whereas something that's emotional and well, why would you want to do X, Y? Why would you want to be, you know, uh, subservient to her all the time or something like that? They, that that's really hard for them to put their heads around, right? Trying to explain that I can get enjoyment from doing something that I don't actually like, but that I can still enjoy it—that people don't get. Right, right. Well, it's it, and it's it's it is the hardest thing. It's it's trying to explain to someone, you know, why you like butterscotch when someone's never tried butterscotch or they can't stand butterscotch, right? Right. Uh, it's just – there's just no way – I wish I could – I'm sure someone out there has the perfect analogy to explain to someone. Uh, I, I And maybe I've heard it but I've forgotten it. <laughs> um, but there's got to be some sort of – there's got to be some way to easily explain DS and the appeal of DS to someone. Um the closest thing I've come to explaining is, and this doesn't really work when I'm talking to guys, straight guys, I should say. Mm-hmm. If I'm explaining it to like one of my gay male friends, or if I'm explaining it to uh, any woman, it seems seems to understand this. But if I say like, no, it's like a knight to his queen type of thing, right? Right. It's like a knight servant. Then they, they they can fathom that right away, right? But my again, my straight guy friends were just like, what? I don't understand. What the hell? 
So you never get blowjobs. You know, this, that's usually the first question. So what, you never get blowjobs? Is that what it is? You know, um, which is not true, by the way. Right. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, it's just, it's so hard. To, it, it, and also, I think there's a lot of things with, like, straight straight guys ha- have to keep a, a, a shield up, you know, to depict themselves in a certain way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's, you know, my best friend... I feel like that's with him because he's in a similar situation, like not a lot of dating experience, re- relatively shy. Um, and after I've been doing this or whatever and he's fully aware of, of, of what I've been doing, he fancies himself a dom, which I find hilarious because at least in our platonic friendship, I'm absolutely the dominant one. Sure. Um, but he fancies himself a dom, but he won't, he won't go out to events and he's only been to like one or two so far, but he won't go out unless I go with him. Um, and I find that really interesting, but you know, and but I but I feel like it's the sh- I do feel like it's the shield, um, or, the, or this is very similar to, um, I think homophobia people who aren't actually homophobic but they get really weirded out by being around gay people because they feel like misidentification by association, yeah, or something, um, and so or they feel like they have to continually project that like uh, hegemonic masculine image in case someone might think less of them yeah or or like or, or like all of a sudden i'll accidentally start sucking cock if i don't right put the you know um yeah and and and, and on one hand uh i feel bad for dominant guys who don't have a natural dominant persona you know their personality is not right out there because I know a few guys who are, they identify as tops or dominants and that they are, you know, that's not their personality. They're, you know, whatever. And, um, it's really hard, uh, for them because they don't fit whatever mold is out there. Right. Um, so sometimes they either have to make a huge overcorrection or, um, you know, it's just really, it's really, it's really hot. It's really tough because again, there's this whole idea of what a dominant guy is supposed to be. And, um, if you don't fit that mold, regardless of what it is, then it's, it's, uh, it's really tough, right? Right. Um, well, I've had that coming to terms with submission too, early on with the stereotype, you know, worthless worm. And cause I don't end up fine with that whatsoever. Um, and I think what one friend, uh, recently said, she, uh, she, uh, pet gentleman, that's the, that's what <laughs> I should use. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. But that's very similar, I think to like the <clears throat> night, night and queen. That's really that's really good. I'm going to steal that. Okay, that's fine. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you. I hope you're willing to come back a second time, and uh, we can talk about you know your your latest adventures, and yeah. uh, you can promote your app when you release it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it, it's, you've got an amazing story, and I can't wait to hear about more of your adventures. And 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 you know, people can follow along. Your your blog will be uh, the link to your blog, and your FetLife profile will be up there. And. Um, awesome. Thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. This was fun. You can uh, find his uh, blog, all tons of details about him on the website, massacast.com. Um, speaking of massacast.com, you can go there and click donate if you like what you hear, you like the show, you want it to continue. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>